Mr. Pop. You'll be doing the Inglebird Humperding Dean Martin tribute show any day now when we come out of lockdown. Yeah, I reckon I will. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi and welcome to uh, Ruck and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. I've got pants on. Brian Mannix is with me. He now has pants on, which I'm pleased to say. Hello, Brian. Good morning, Kevin. Um, yes, you caught me a bit unaware today and uh, I was still in bed and had to pull my pants on and, um, yeah, and then you even had to listen to me go to the oh, toilet. Oh, all right. Then... Uh, you... <laughs> Well, you know, honesty is the key. Oh, there's, 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 you know, there's things. There's the. Okay, the... You, you, you get out of bed, you need a pit. That's just what's happened. Right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll ring you earlier next time. And of course, Mark Fine, who has always got pants on and never needs to urinate during the program. Hello, uh, Finey. Well, okay. <laughs> if that's how. If that's how we're going to play it, you know? <laughs> uh, yes. Normally, yeah. no, normally we're taking the piss, not actually doing it. But anyway, but the Brian's, Brian said, uh, uh, started this off on a high benchmark. How are you, Fanny? How's your week been? Well, I'm, you know, so in lockdown, not a lot happens, but I am fully inoculated. Mm. Are, you a, right. are you an AstraZeneca or a Pfizer? Yesterday. I'm a Pfizer. A fizzer? Okay. Well, I'm I'm fully vaccinated too, um, and I've I'm at AstraZeneca. What about yourself, you Brian? You, you've had one, haven't you? I'm half done, but you've two been knocked up. Yes, so to speak. Yeah, you got the, the inoculation or what? Inoculation there. No, I've had one, so I'm you know I'm feeling half good. Are you? Uh, did you have any reaction to the second one, Finey? No, none whatsoever. Okay. Um, it's interesting though that. And I'm not trying to be rude here, Brian. Come on, try. Yeah. But try. That you would take the same dose, say, as Sam Draper. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? In that he's worth six foot ten and about double my weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I've never thought of that, but that's a very good point in that why does somebody of five foot four and 58 kilos have to freaking um, have double dose? I'm already met. Yeah, my little body can't handle any That's a really good yeah. point. That's a, I, I had not thought of that, but yeah, you're right. Meatloaf has um, the same vaccination as Brian Mannix, which is kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. How was how was the party, Brian? Which party? I oh, didn't you go to the jockey's party? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that that was oh, that was great. Yeah, you know, we got we got um, some AstraZeneca, one dose of AstraZeneca in between us, and, oh, mate, we were rocking. We were off our tires. It was all little, you know. Like, Meatloaf came in, we gave him a whole shot of AstraZeneca, and nothing happened. You wonder You wonder sometimes uh, what people think um, when, when – uh, I know we're in lockdown. I know the people are starting to go a bit stir-crazy, but, gee whiz, you do start to wonder some of the things people are getting up to. What are they getting up to? Oh, they're – Jockey party, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, not not the not the most sensible use of their time, I would have thought. Well, a lot of money, lots of be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, won't they? Just missing the spring carnival. I think I saw a story where Jamie Carr in the spring racing carnival last year, I think, made three hundred thousand um, dollars. Wow! In winnings and uh, and fees, and uh, not that she's guaranteed to make that this year, but 
certainly she would have been uh, on Behemoth on, on the weekend, which was a Group 1 winner, and I'm sure it would be something around that $300,000 mark that she's probably not going to get between now and the end of November, I think, when they come back. Well, can we get that financial disaster payment, uh, which will give her 600 bucks a week? That'll yes. be good. I don't think she is <laughs> quite eligible for that somehow, given that she made um, – though I just see it uh, and uh, probably be printed in very small print, but I just see Harvey Norman pay back their – their JobKeeper money. So oh, good on them. Eight, oh. Six or eight million, something like that. Um, uh, having made record profits, they said, oh, well, we'll give it back. So that's that's at least something. Um, they know that to the Herald Sun. They seem to own that, the newspaper. But anyway, good on them. Yeah, you could be mistaken for calling the Herald Sun the Harvey Norman newspaper or any newspaper for that matter. The John Long is exactly the same. It's all, it's all got big wraparounds. So did uh, did anything exciting happen in your house this week, finally, that we should know about? Mm, no. Oh, yes, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are you guys sort of doing food-wise? we you know, we do the big shop and we cook a lot and we've given up on Uber. Yep. Uh, why have you given up on Uber? Oh, Uber I don't know. Really. There's not enough drivers. It takes uh, too long to come. When it comes, it's not good enough quality. But, oh, oh, you're tempting me here, comedy. <laughs> Take too long to come. When it comes, <laughs> it's not oh, God, God bless me. <laughs> I got a mute. I got a mute button on you, Mannix. <laughs> That's well, a good we, thing, Friday. That's a good thing. Kids <laughs> love it. They love it. <laughs> are, are you, are, hang on, are you telling me it's not a race? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're off to a fine start today. So <laughs> um, we've sort of found an alternative that there's quite a few restaurants that do sort of um, really impressive pre-packed dinners. Some of them you put in the oven, so we've had some really good um, local barbecues. Oh, okay. And then, and then we found a couple of companies that I think normally supply restaurants, and because all the restaurants are closed, they've had to go to the public, and we're eating lobster at bloody good prices. Oh, really? Oh, okay. We got three air-sized craze. Now, I know sort of lobster as well, and, and big sort of, you get those WA lobsters, you can't get anything out of the leg. They're sort of slightly orange, but, yeah, you know, you get the proper craze from down Tassie. So we've got three craze from Tassie, oh. not huge, but we've got three craze and 24 oysters oh. for yeah. about 130 bucks. Trouble was, though, that you had to have the craze and the oysters go into lockdown for 14 days, and they were <laughs> off by the time you went. That's uh, that's actually really good price, funny. That's that's terrific. Really, really mm. So I'm sort of suggesting to people get online, just look up things like, and we're getting for, for Father's Day we've ordered um the, these crab boils, these big crabs in. Um, crabs, you've been crabs, haven't you, Brian? Oh, oh many times, <laughs> many times. Oh. <laughs> but, Easy to get rid of. Go, go online and look up things like lobsters delivered or whatever your favourite seafood is if you're into it. Oh, and I've okay. got to say, the prices are really good. Okay. Do you know why you, you get those lobsters so cheap? 
somebody from the health department went and planted a slug on the floor oh, of the lobster joint. Slug That's another story. Anyway, there we go. Yep, there we go. There we go. I cook. I cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, the eating eating hasn't changed much. We we had a big uh, sort of uh, eat out on Friday when I went and picked it up, the click and collect type pickup thing. But uh, are you are you eating at all, Brian? Because your your eating habits leave a lot to be desired at the best of times. Yeah, um, well, I I've had my local fish shop makes a great hamburger, mm. and um, Red Rooster is always very uh, very. Uh, well, consistent, I suppose, is the best word. When they've got chicken, often they don't have the chicken ready. You have to wait half an hour. But um, yeah, I, no, I've got nothing to report. Food Hang on, really. how can a chicken shop not have chickens? Oh, it's ridiculous! It's like going to Bob Jane Tmart. They said, "No, sorry, we don't have any tires." Yeah. Um, but you go to Red Rooster, take away chicken, fast food, and they go, "Oh no, we don't have any chicken." It's like it's the most. Red Rooster ever, my job. But just, you know, if you're going to have fast food and sell chicken, you've got to have chicken. You can't. Oh, it'll be 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I'll go and buy one and cook it myself. Hang on, hang on. Oh, I'm furious. Given I now know what time you wake up, <laughs> it's a bit rough going there at three AM, smashing on the door. <laughs> yes. Good point, Fanny. Good point. Now, Brian, Fair have enough. you got over the football result from the weekend? And have you want to? Do you want to vent your umpires thing and have an anti Cody Waitman? Uh, <laughs> so, what, what do you think that I would have something to say about the umpires, Kev? Oh well, every other Essendon supporter that uh, has got breath in them has. So why <laughs> should why should you be any different? Well, you got eight and your ten goals from free kicks in the forward fifty, which um, mm. was a little bit uh, disappointing. For me, um, I think you're still the better team. I think you deserve to win. But um, but the umpire was really crook. And I found this thing, which is about free kick deferential for the after round 23. And it was quite um, – hang on. Just talk amongst yourselves while I find it. But, right. Um, but it shows the free kicks that everybody's got for the year for up to round 23. Right. And – it is where's Lucky Phil? He's got he's always got the mail for me. Now this is of course the man who's told us all year that the, the Sydney referees <laughs> cheat for the Swans. Well, that's right. Well hang on. Well so, actually Sydney came out of it. Richmond, okay, mm. they're minus eighty six free kicks for the year. Minus eighty six okay. okay, hang on hang on Bruce McAvaney the second. What does that mean exactly? Well, they had eighty six Free kicks paid against the more than they got, so they minus eighty six free kicks for the year. Okay, okay? so they get it. They get right. what they get a hundred paid against them, and they get fourteen paid for them. Is that the eighty six differential? Is that, that that that's that's basically the equation? Okay, or you know, yeah, okay. So so Essendon, mm. we were minus eleven free kicks for the uh, for the season. Right. Now, guess which team has had the most free kicks? I'll have a I'll have a random guess. I'll pick it out of my clacker here and say the Bulldogs plus seventy two free kicks this season. They have they've well, seventy two. So between Essendon and the Bulldogs, you've got eighty four free kicks differential. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I think you know. 
sign. You can't argue with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> the Logs had plus 29 free kicks. But, yeah, the Bulldogs had more free kicks than any team this year. Okay. I did. Now, now, finally, you're an independent uh, observer of uh, of that game on the weekend. Did you think the umpiring had any significant influence on the result of the game? Uh, it had an influence on turning the game. The game was pretty level after half time. For the first five minutes, Essendon had the ball, and then the two free kicks to Cody Waitman at the start of the third quarter were generous. Yes, I don't like when games are turned like that. But I think the main main factor in that game was that it rained for most of the game. Yeah, and Essendon's midfield just not big enough bodied. Merritt mm. yep. is very good players, but when you come up against Fontenelle, McRae, Dunkley, Midvale, in the wet, you're going to struggle. Yep. So I felt the game turned pivoted at that point, but it was really only delaying an inevitable which we saw because Essendon didn't kick a goal in the second half. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm going to give you a newsflash, but it's like saying, newsflash? Newsflash. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Essendon supporters are demented. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, this is not, you know, it's like um, two strikes, all right, next time they do it, they did this last year to Callum Ward. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. that game against BWF where Callum Ward sort of ducked into a free kick against Sean McKernan? On the on the fifty got, meter line, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they were four points up, he kicked the goal and I put it beyond it in his reach. He got death threats, his wife got death threats. That's right, did too. They they you know, they absolutely took the social media to tear him a new one. Um Grow up, yeah. I agree, uh, and it doesn't matter what team you're talking about. But the kind of um, the kind of there was apparently, and I don't know. I, I saw this. I didn't read the whole article, but I saw that there was uh, Anthony Tip and Woody got a whole stack of um, racist comments on his social media platform because I gather he didn't play for the Bombers on the weekend, and he was the reason that they lost the game because he didn't play. What? Well, some demented bullfeds have jumped on social media and done that. So, um, he was having mental problems. He's had health, mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't stop. Well, that's not going to help. That doesn't stop dickheads jumping on their keyboards and sending uh, hateful messages to people. And they jumped into they jumped into Cody Waitman because they you know said he was a cheat and all that. He didn't actually pay the free kicks. He was the recipient of them. Yeah, because because. One thing I'll say about Essendon, when one of their players gets a free kick that isn't there, he hands it back to the umpire and says, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like Adam, they we're like Adam Gilchrist. It's like, no, yeah. I was out, oh. that's it, I'm, I'm off. Yeah. 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 You know that thing about Gilchrist walking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People asked me at the time, because I played a bit of cricket and I was a batsman, um, when I nicked the ball, did I walk? Would I walk? And I said, if I was 147 off 80 balls, yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, there's a difference, isn't there? If if you're facing the third ball and you've nicked it to first slip and they've given you not out, you're staying. Um, Correct. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. Very easy to walk when you're just catching everybody for skis. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll come back to do it again tomorrow again. 
Yes, a very different uh, kettle of fish. All right, well, I've, I've let, you, let you vent your spleen, Brian, so you're happy now? Uh, oh, look, you know, no, I am happy. I think um, Essendon great had, year a good, by the bombers. had a great year by the Bombers. And, um, you know, I didn't expect us to get into the finals, so we didn't do much there. But, you know, yeah, so well done, Bombers. And I think, you know, next year we'll be, you know, we should do something decent in the finals next year. Yep. You know, look good. You know, look good for next year, Brian. Um, Sam Draper looks great, I reckon. But yeah, um, yep. uh, Parish is good. Redmond's good. Ridley's good. Um, McGrath, we he had a bit of a quiet game. I don't know who looks good. Zoe Caldwell. Oh yeah, Arthur. Arthur Caldwell. Arthur Caldwell. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind Judas either. Durham. Judas Arrow, yeah. Oh, Judas. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur and, and Judas. Maggie. And Maggie. Maggie's her stature. He's, he's good. He's a beauty. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, I, I, I reckon that, that, that Redmond goes all right. He's good. He's real good. He's a bit underrated. Excuse right. me. Yeah. First of all, let's get a couple of things straight. Right. right. It's Native American. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, he should change his name, but then you take the red out to stop the Native Americans being upset. But then you've still got man there, yep. and that's kind of, you know, a bit anti-female. Yeah, it's so not, you just have to call him. Yeah, that's oh, true. You just have to go as no name from now on. Yep. And Brandon Zerk Thatcher, doesn't that sound like about – you know, obviously, however old he is, or maybe his parents, that Earth got attacked by, or there was some spacecraft <laughs> came from out of space. <laughs> and they said, you know, we must populate, we must have sex with the leader of the free world. And they say to Ronald Reagan, they said, pass. They <laughs> <laughs> say to Maggie Thatcher, they said, really? All right. We oh, yeah, are from the planet Zerk Thatcher. So their, their leader, Zerk, had sex with our leader, Maggie Thatcher, and they created Zerk Thatcher. Ah, that's very good. That works. That works. Beautiful. All right. Well, you uh, should be happy with the Bombers. Uh, they, they did finish the, finish the season, uh, you know, pretty well. And uh, you've, got, yeah. you've got a lot to look forward to. And we've got a, a final series that's going to be interesting uh, as it plays out in the next uh, – in Brisbane, Adelaide, and probably Perth. Over the next uh, actually, of weeks. Just, just on that free kick differential, Bonnie, mm. you'd be interested to know that St Kilda got the second worst run from the umpires with minus 34 free kicks. Well, that's so probably that's... the best we've done in 10 years. <laughs> now, Brian, explain to me what's the right number that they should have. Should there not be a differential between how many free kicks you give and how many free kicks you get? Is that supposed to be even, is it? Well, no, I don't think it's supposed to be even at right. all. It depends on how the teams play. Well, then, but, so then, but, it's, then it's another useless statistic that means absolutely nothing unless you're trying to make a case that you reckon the umpires are against you. No, I'm saying that the umpires make mistakes. Um, so, so you realise free kicks are only half the story, right? Yeah, I know, but there's the, the free but, kicks but that aren't paid too. Correct. So it's only half the umpire's story are the ones that are given. The other yeah. half of the ones that aren't given. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 
Uh, now, as we yeah. speak, Toby Green is in a uh, in a uh, a holding cell. Um, um, he's in the uh, in the tribunal, uh, having a punishment decked out to him or not decked out to him, whatever it's going to be. Um, what did you think, Brian, of the Toby Green incident? Given that we know um, no idea what well, he's going to get you. Well, I've seen it now, but um, I had a bet with um, my mate Daryl that he will get off. Oh, okay. um, having seen it, I think he probably deserves to go. If, if Greg Williams got nine weeks for what he did, he probably deserves to go. But going back to my theory that if in doubt, assume it's rigged, the <laughs> AFL wants the GWS to go as far as they can in these finals. And, uh, you know, like Barry Hall punching that guy in the guts before the grand final and he got off, I reckon he'll get off because the AFL wants GWS to go well. The AFL's best result would be Gold Coast versus GWS in the grand final. Right. And so, so I think that, you know, continuing with this um, dodgy umpiring thing, right. I think there'll be some dodgy umpiring when it comes to the uh, result here with uh, Toby Green. Mr. Fine. Well, just on that guy that Barry Hall punched in the stomach, yeah, Matthew McGuire. Now I know Matthew quite well, and I oh, see him. Too. I see him a bit. He he worked for Nick Bartel, very good friend of mine. Oh yeah, the builder. Yeah, yep. And I, you know, when we're not in lockdown, I go and see Nick regularly, and you know, I, I had lunch with Juice. Three weeks ago, just before did, lockdown, did, did you give him a belt in the guts or what? <laughs> well, he we talk about it every now and then. Whenever something like this, Toby Green comes up, you know the amazing thing about that. I mean, it was just rubbish. Even Barry Hall says it was ridiculous that he got off, which is fair play. But can you believe that Matthew Maguire was not interviewed by anybody to do with the tribunal and was not at the tribunal when they handed down the sentence. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Because it was good for the AFL to have Sydney win. You think uh, somebody would ask him what happened, wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you would. Reckon so. Yeah, you would. Usually. Usually the person who's hit normally gets to say something. It's something. But not even, if, even if it's just out. Or walk walk in and go, yeah, that's me being hit. Okay, thank you. Good night. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that's amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? It hit me in the tummy and I had a miscarriage. So that'll get the result anyway. There you go. (laughs) So what did you think of the Toby Green thing? All right. I I seem to be out of step with everybody. (laughs) Look, and I was an umpire. I really think there wasn't anything in it. I, I, I think he was caught up in trying to make a point. Um, in a way, you know, if somebody's walking towards you to say something and they're heading past you, you're supposed to sort of plant yourself there like, I own this. I know it's getting pretty finicky, but, you know, you know, I'm the umpire. I don't move for anybody. You know, take, the guy's involved in the game of football, he's not trying to bump He did not try and bump it. Matt Skevy could have taken the old Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, a little jump to the left yeah. and nothing would have happened. Yeah. Are you are – you, uh, so you're not – you're saying that the umpire isn't sacrosanct, if you want to use that word again, you know, choose for the head and all that sort of stuff, that any any contact yeah, at all? Yeah. yeah, you don't take an umpire, but by the same token, the umpire doesn't just plant him there, plant himself 
and expect everybody to walk past him like he's a traffic light. I mean, look, I can see that he's in trouble. And you know the main problem I think he's got, right? So I listened to a bit of radio yesterday. He talked back on my old station. And there's nobody barracks for GWS. So nobody's going to come to his defence. Everybody was 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 43 years. Yeah. yeah. Once you get that groundswell of support, then all the media people turn against him as well. You know, I'm not going to be a dickhead. I like being popular. Yeah. So he goes in there with the world, weight of the world against him. Whereas if he played for Geelong or, yeah, for example, GWS played Geelong this week, correct? Yeah. I remember when Paddy Dangerfield got done for a dangerous tackle once. But, but Geelong supporters, morning till night, on the phone defending him. I mean, bloody hell, what, he's not going to play Selwood does. Selwood just does something every second week. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but there's an automatic army of defenders. Nobody's standing up for Toby Green because nobody barracks for them. Yeah. The AFL barracks for them. Yeah, but trial by media is uh, is is now such a part of the game, and uh, yep. every yep. everyone has jumped on their high horse, and uh, you know, from the top of the mount, mountain has done the sermon on it, and uh, yeah, hung, drawn, and quartered before he walked in this morning. There's no doubt about that. Well, yeah. I don't reckon you should be touching umpires, um, but I was I was surprised. I just saw that uh, Matt Stevick said that um, he didn't feel in the least bit threatened. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he was not bothered by it in any way by, by from what he said, so... Um, yeah, but he, but he said that when the AFL were hanging him out of a building by his ankle. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, well, you're going to get Toby off, mate, okay? We spent a lot of money on this team. We want him to go well. Yeah. Look, look, bill. <laughs> look, what have we got now? After the, all those free kicks to Cody Waitman, you can't touch your opponent. You can't touch the umpire. Ask your mum. You can't touch yourself. Harry oh, <laughs> <laughs> Free says that too, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know what Gilbo used to say about that? No. Oh, he got caught when he was a young fella. He got caught in the bathroom by his mum. Oh, no. And his mum said, Russell. Stop it or you'll go blind. And he goes, can I at least do it till I need glasses? God love Gilbo. Um, now, <laughs> now, I want to move on. Uh, we've done Toby Green. I want to talk about uh, Charlie Watts, Brian. Oh, boy, that was sad, wasn't it? Yeah, 80 years of age. Look, surprising that he could play as long as he did. I think they were going on tour without him this time. Yeah, they were. Um so they already had a replacement for him. But, um, yeah, it's very sad, um, you know, because there's hard, so few rock and roll bands anymore and um, the Stones are probably the greatest rock band we've ever had. And um, to lose Charlie is another sign that rock and roll is dying. And, um, you know, that's sad. And, you know, I think he would have had a great life. Um, as he said, he's in... Playing music for sixty years, five years of playing music, fifty-five years of waiting around. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, no, a big loss, and uh, he was a great drummer. I was going to say, how do you rate him as a drummer? Well, I think I don't think he's anything. You know, he's a jazz drummer, but yeah. um, and he and he does a funny thing where he, when he hits the snare, he doesn't hit the hi hat. 
yep. which is a unique thing that he does. But if you listen to all the Stones records, the drumming's really good. Um, even in their early songs, they had a, a better drum sound than the Beatles did. And, um, you know, Charlie was a big part of that. And uh, he'd be sadly missed, and we're grateful for his time on this earth. And the one I wanted to ask you about, finally, Ted Dexter died during the week at the age of uh, 86, the former English cricket captain, probably a bit before your time, I would have thought. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting trivia question. Ted Dexter? Mm-hmm. What country was he born in? My memory says me ro- right. No, I think he was born in Rhodesia, wasn't he? I thought he was yeah. a robot on perfect math. He was born in Italy. Oh, uh, Okay. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Lord Ted. So he's a Dago. He's a Dago. Oh, Brian. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a very sad passing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's that? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Dart. Yes. And Australia's really only had three or four, in my time, since it's become big, three or four, Aussies on the international stage, Simon Whitlock, and now a guy called Damien Hetter. Um, Damien Hetter's from WA, and um, his best mate sort of trailblazed before him. An Indigenous Australian called Kyle Anderson, fantastic dart player, Kyle. He, at his best, he, he was played Michael Van Gogh in the world number one in the semi-finals of the World Masters, I think, and shot a nine-darter, the perfect game. And, it was sort of one leg away from causing one of the great upsets of all time. He got rolled over the top of, but he was a big lad, uh, suffered from diabetes from childhood, went into hospital last week, and he passed away at the age of 33. Oh, wow. Jeez, 33, my God. That's... Yeah, yeah, great. Huge shock to the dark community, and very sad because he was, you can just tell they just loved him. He was just such a nice bloke. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. 33, that's very sad. Gee whiz. Yeah. Um, and the other one I want to mention was Ed Asner, who died at the age of 81, who, of course, was uh, Lou Grant, uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show, and uh, a terrific actor. How, I was reading about him last night. Had over 300 uh, different roles uh, in, in different uh, uh, series over the years and movies and things. So certainly an actor who worked pretty hard. And he was the uh, president, I think, of the Screen Actors Guild for a a number of years, so um, he uh, he put back into the industry. So he'd be sadly missed too. Only actor to win two Emmys: one for comedy and one for drama, playing the same character. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, what was his? What was the? Was it Lou Grant? Was yeah. that the name of the character on Mary Tyler Moore? He won an Emmy for best comedy actor in that. And then he had his own show called Lou Grant, yep. which was serious news sort of show, and he won you know a drama award as an Emmy for the same character. Oh, okay. So that's pretty unusual that, yeah. you know, you, it's like Fonzie winning most dramatic actor and funniest actor. It's kind of strange. Well, think, well done, Ed Asner. Yeah, good on him. No, good on him. Uh, well, you're yeah. interesting, Brian. One minute you're, you're giving absolutely top-shelf critique of Charlie Watts' drumming, and I love you. I mean, you, you, when you talk music, I oh, listen, that's fantastic. Well, well then, you, you then, you're, then you're talking about your bodily movements. And yeah. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> and, and then you're giving us that bit on that, hasn't it, which is fantastic. So you're probably due for something 
pretty immature. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Stick <laughs> oh, around. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there it is. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Uh, now, our chart right. this week, we're heading to October 1, 1967. And I must admit, I, I, found, I found a hell of a lot to like about this. I know, finally, you're the youngest of the three of us. So did you, did you find this one okay? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Okay. And Brian, I know you sent me immediately. I sent this to you. I got a text back with you saying, I love this one. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it. Just, I reckon late 60s was a really good time for music. Yep. The summer, really good time. The summer of Love, uh, 1967, uh, and a good representation of Australian songs in here too. Not necessarily all great Australian songs, but a good representation of some Australian acts in this one. Um, so let's start with you, Mr. Fine, and give me your uh, number three, uh, good and bad. Okay. So I'm going to start with my number three, bad, and it's called Sit Down, I Think I Love You. Oh. <laughs> that gives Brian every opportunity. It's by the executives. Um, so it's a great name, the executives. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you ever – I can't – all right, I'm just going to tell people mm-hmm. – if you've got a stomach for it, if you don't mind some blue language, look up the sophisticated joke. That's all I'm going to say. Right, okay. That's oh, I know, I know the joke. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. There's a few versions of that joke, but it's still, they're all disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it's a bit like the executives, because they're not executives. It's a really annoying song, and it's got some person in the band, just picking at a banjo like a chicken, scratching for words throughout the entire song to make it even more annoying. So that's my third word. Okay. They're a Sydney band, the executives? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now I, now I know what I hate. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the festival records uh, of, of sort of Sydney-signed bands. So that was the only hit they ever had, I think, from memory. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Um, and my, my number one song... Uh, no, my number three good song, I should say. Might come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. But some songs just give you with such happiness. And I actually love this song because of a TV commercial. And when I was young, the excitement, the fun, and even looking back on it, the great holidays my family had when we went up to the Gold Coast. And when I would hear that song, Up, Up and Away. Oh, yeah, the TVA <laughs> song, yes. Yeah. Even now, I just think of up, up and away. And I know it's that beautiful, beautiful balloon. I think it's the fifth dimension. It is. But it just reminds me, and I can remember those flights. I remember the people, two pros in front of me smoking. And <laughs> <laughs> I just remember it really well. And I loved it. So up, up and away. Okay. Yeah, good choice. Good song. Uh, and up, up and away is number, where are we? It's at number six on the chart there. And uh, sit down, I think I love you by the uh, executives. Is in uh, now. I've got to find it. Uh, da, 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 da. What number is it? Finding. Sit down. I've got some bad news for you. There I think I love like Thirty-three. Sit down. I think I love you. Number thirty-three. Right, Brian. What do you got? Uh, okay, for um, a bad one, I'm going to go for uh, the group. What woman? You woman? You're breaking me. You're an idiot. I'm a big fan of that. Well, I possibly am, but um, this is a hard chart to find bad ones. There's a lot of really good songs on this. So that I don't really like, a woman, you're breaking me. You know who that but, is, don't uh, you? The group? Yeah. No? Don't you know who that is? No, who is it? Okay. Um, the lead singer is a bloke called Ronnie Charles. 
I know Ray Charles. No, yeah. Ron, Ronnie Charles. Um, yeah. The, uh, the keyboard player, and I think the bloke who wrote the song, is a bloke called Brian Cadd. Oh. And the guitarist right. is Don Moody. Um, they were fantastic, the group. That's, uh, that's Woman You're Breaking Me in Such a Lovely Way, and the, they were, that, was, that was Caddy's band. Well, my apologies. I, look, you know, I don't hate the song, but I had to pick one that's not no, that's great, right. and no. there's so many great ones here. And my third best one is going to be number 39, Little Old Wine Drinker by Dean Martin. What a great <laughs> song that is. That is just a beauty. And Dean Martin, when he sings, he just opens his mouth and this great voice just falls out of it. He just makes no effort and it's just fantastic. And, so there you go. And for those people who don't know the song, Brian, just give us a little refrain of it. Roughly like that. <laughs> it's very good, very good indeed. Yeah, uh, and he, he used to have the, the the glass of scotch and the and the fingers around it, and he'd sing with that when he did the TV show. Oh, um, you're just the best. Used to love, used to love his TV show where he'd come down the the slide down the pole. The pole. Yeah, yeah. He was good. He was very funny, very entertaining. My number yeah. three bad is the song that is uh, number one on this chart. I hated this song. I thought this was just, and I heard it on the radio the other day. Um, one of the daggy um, music stations played this thing. It's Petula Clark's Don't Sleep in the Subway. Oh, God. Oh, it's just, it's real. I find it really annoying. It's, don't sleep in the subway, darling. Don't stand in the pouring rain. Just, no, sorry. Just an annoying song. How it got to number one mystifies me. Totally and utterly mystifies me. Should have been called Get on the Doll. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. The, the, the homeless people's song. Yes. You're living in a cardboard box under the bridge. Just get on the dole. Yep. Get yeah. the money. <laughs> exactly. And my number anyway. three my number three good is Woman You're Breaking Me by the group. I loved the group. Ah, I love the group. Uh, Such a lovely way was, right. was my favourite group song, but Woman You're Breaking Me. That was a good song. Great little organ thing. Could have been a um could have been like a Spencer Davis group song the way they did it. I thought it was a really good song. Anyway, that's okay. my my number three good one. But I've got Honestly, I've got 20 songs in my good pile. Um, I've got an embarrassment of riches in my good pile. Fine. Yeah. Number, uh, number two good, number two bad. I'll go bad first. Mm-hmm. You know the racing expression, he's handing out cigarillos? Uh, now, that's a, yeah. is that a cigar? Well, he's not handing out cigars. Now, on a racetrack, if somebody says to you he's handing out cigarillos, that's a bloke who's knows the racing and, and he's chipping. He's either on TV, on the radio, generally, or even at the races, and he's giving out tips, but he's handing out cigarillos and he's keeping cigars for himself. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cigars are the good big ones, and he's just handing out his second best. Yep. Okay. Well, that's what the BG did to a very awkward young man called Donnie Young. Ah. With a song called... Craze Finton Kirk. Craze Finton Kirk. Yep. The little Johnny decides to sing, and he's very awkward. He sort of sits by the camera and he's doing these strange flicking motions with his fingers. Yes. Very odd indeed. And, well, he does it in sort of a, a very annoying English accent, but it, 
It's a BG song, apparently, and I think it might be something that they were considering throwing out, or in the end, they gave Paul the good Johnny. Before Johnny was writing hits for other people, he was doing other people's yeah. songs. So, yeah, no, that's number 24 on this chart, Craze Fenton Kirk. And let's be honest, Johnny Young's legacy will always be that in an era when others didn't, he had the good grace to keep his hands to himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, more power to him. So, good, good work. My number two good, yep. on the other hand, is Light My Fire by The Doors. Oh, good song. I think people know the song, and I stand by my choice. Yeah, no, no, good song. It's in my, it's in my list of good, good pile. Righto, Mr. Mannix. Well, I don't even know how this song goes. Oh, here we go. But, but I tell you what, it's got to be shit out because it's called I Dig Rock and Roll Music. Okay, that's all right within itself. But it's done by Peter, Paul and Mary. What would they know about rock and roll music? Well, For God's sake, they're a folk act. Yeah, well, it's it's it, it, I wish I had the lyrics in front of me, but I dig rock and roll music, and it's it's all a it's sort of a wordplay on um, I dig rock and roll music and the sound, and they talk about hip cats, and uh, they talk about the different acts. Oh, actually, yeah, I think I do know that. Know the song? As bad as I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cool sounds okay. they lay down and all that. And the crazy cats would play and all that. It's got, yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, well. My, my good one mm-hmm. is going to be number 19. Oh, the yeah. The Monkeys. Yeah. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Good song. Yeah. Uh, by, by our old mate Mickey Dolan. <laughs> Having a bit of a thing there, I think, uh, Kit. Yes, our old mate Mick uh, doing uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. One of, I think, four um Associated songs with the monkeys that are in this in this chart because they were yeah, they, were, they were huge they were killing it and I know Finey's yeah, got- going to get to one in just a tick that uh, that he wants to uh, certainly highlight so pleasant right. pleasant Valley Sunday another one's in my good pile but uh, my number oh what am I going to make number two good hang on I'll come back to I'll do number two bad first oh Jesus was a horrible song the massive hit too. Where is it on this chart? Uh, number 17, Vicky Carr, It Must Be Him. Uh, yeah, so. Great voice, but what a uh, what a whingy, sooky, syrupy, it must be him, let it please be him. I uh, wanted to... Wanted to lean through the um, through the speakers of my radio at home and and strangle her at that stage because I just I couldn't stand the sound of the woman's voice after about the third time I heard it. But uh, so that's my number two bad. My number two good. She's oh, master's apprentice. Go very close. Uh, I love Frankie Valley. You've mentioned the Doors and the Monkeys. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Monkeys, but I'm gonna go with the EP up the top, Brian. The one that's number yes. three, the monkeys number okay. uh, the EP. Now the, on this EP was yes. four songs. One written by Michael oh. Nesmith called "Sunny Girlfriend," which was obviously to placate him from cracking the sads about them not being able to contribute any music. So they let him have a song on it called "Sunny Girlfriend." Right. Uh, there were two Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart songs on this EP. One was "Gonna Ooh, Buy Me a Gonna Buy Me a Dog," which is basically. Uh, I guess an attempt at a comedy routine between um, uh, Davy Jones yeah. and Dolans, which sort of didn't kind of work. No. 
the other one, well, there's a Neil Diamond song on it and the other Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart song, which was, I guess the hit was She, which I really like, Mickey Dolan singing. She told me that she loved me. Yeah. She yeah, yeah, and the other one was uh, a Neil Diamond song called Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow, which is I love, good. I love good that song. song. And I love the yeah, clip that song. they did with the TV show where they had the top hat and tails and they are walking up a roof. Um, so, yeah, that's my um, that's my number two in the good department. Now, Very fine, good. Finally, I know you want to get to your number one bad because you did send, send me a message saying, should we just make this one – the number one bad for all three of us and choose three other songs. And I, I had I must admit I hadn't listened to it. It wasn't the song I thought it was. And then I listened to it. Tell us all about it. Any song that I can sing must be terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's fair cool. All right. Now you can't just take oh you can't just take two minutes of this program, play some horrible music behind it and call it a song. But Davy Jones under the name David Jones, um, who still got sued by the department store, yeah. came up with something called Theme for a New Love. Now, remember I said I don't like songs that talk in the beginning? Yep. Yes. How about the beginning, the middle, the bit towards <laughs> the end, the end, and every other bit? Yes, yes it's, talks, a, it's a talking song. song. Yes. yes. So earnestly, and he ends up saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh. Yeah, it's, yeah. Awful. it's awful. But now can yeah, I... Can it I, must I, have been huge in the nightclubs and discotheques. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine. Can I defend it slightly? Oh, can you? And, and, and I mean, and, and only slightly funny, only slightly. It was a pre-monkey song that he did that someone dragged out because it was on a different label. Um, it was David Jones and not Davy Jones, and yep. uh, I think it was a throwback to when because uh, his roots were in uh, sort of English comedy theatre, doing Oliver and all those sorts of things. I think it might have been from a, a stage show of some description, like a soundtrack, and I think that's where they've got it from. And they cashed in on the success of the Monkeys, so that's the only defence I'd have for it because it is god awful. It is. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like listening to uh, Desiderata, but with the most banal lyrics you've ever heard in your life, but done with the same kind of intensity. Like he, he's saying it like he really means it, but it's just the most crap words you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, it's the sort of song if somebody was performing it live, you get up on stage, you grab the microphone stand, and you hit him so hard in the nuts. And go, <laughs> Yes. Don't ever do that again, mate. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. yes, that is that is exactly what you would do. <laughs> You're a hundred percent right. Um and now you're number one good. Oh. I love you, baby. <laughs> it's quite all right. My sugar baby. Is that it? Great song. Is a great you know, what is it called? What's it called? Can't yeah. take my eyes oh, off Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, anybody that's seen the deer hunt up the early scene, the wedding, brilliant version of that song. They're all drunk and they're singing it. But it's just a, it's a song that it's good. Can't take my eyes off of you. You know, it's going somewhere, but then it just clicks in the gear. It's an absolute ripper. You know, I mean, I love it. 
Love, yeah, love. I agree. I agree. Really good song. Great song. Uh, now, your number one, good and bad, Brian, what have you got? Well, I think, you know, finally pretty right there with uh, David Jones because um, he was like Tommy Steele before he joined the Monkees, you know, half the exactly. difference. Yeah. Better than half or nothing. Oh, it's awful. Um, so it's a well done finally on that. So because that's already been taken, I'm going to go for, and this will upset probably you, Kev, Ichiku Park. Oh, by the piss small off, Brian. Process. Seriously? <laughs> I don't like it. No, seriously. <laughs> no, Brian, take a big bucket of piss. <laughs> take a big bucket of piss right off. <laughs> Oh, no, really? you, no, Siri, you can't be, you're not What Siri. did you do there? I got high. What did you see there? That's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Best drum, yeah, I know. the best drum little uh, fill that you've ever heard in your life. Terrific vocal performance. Silly lyrics, I admit, but by, it's just a great song. beautiful. Oh, no, come on, Brian. That's my number one. It's all too beautiful. Yeah. Good on you, Brian. Oh. It's all too beautiful for me, Kev. Typical Bomber's yeah. dickhead. Uh, if, if, they're, <laughs> if they're writing songs about parts, there's got to be a cake left out in the run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seriously, you're going to go with Itchy Cooper? Oh. <laughs> Well, what's, yep. your, what's your good one then, you? Um, I'm going to go Philistine. for. Okay, I'm going to go for number thirty-five. Thirty-five. Oh, yeah, great song. Twelve, twelve thirty by the Mummers and the Puppets. Yeah, great, great song. song. Great. Features song. in features in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when the um, handsome people are coming up into the hills to kill Sharon Tate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they they use that song in that. But, um, yeah, great song. I saw Casey Donovan play Mum and Cat uh, in a play called, I figured what it was called, about the Mummers and the Puppers. And it was just such a great play. And I came out of it just loving that song. Yeah. So oh, thank you, Casey Donovan. Ca- Cass Elliott has one of the great voices of all time. Her, Creek Alley's one, just a terrific song. But 1230 is a lovely oh, I love song. Creek. I love Creek Alley. Yeah. No one's getting fat at Mum and Cass. Um, all right. Well, my number one good, you've just you've blown that, man. Exitichiku Park by the Small Faces. Oh. Seriously. Well, yeah. Really? It's your number one bet? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. 12.30 was very close and, uh, and Lime of Fire and Can't Take My Eyes. I mean, they're all in this. Living in a Child's Dream by Master's Apprentice, a really good song too. I really like that. And Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys. Love that. Uh, and my number one bad, which I've spoken about on many occasions on this podcast, Procol Harum's Whiter Shade of Pale. Oh, please. What a- uh, oh, I like Whiter Shade of Pale. I think All You Need Is Love probably deserved to mention too. Well, I've wondered, I wanted to mention a song that I know that you, I reckon you've mentioned on this podcast before, that you actually learned to play or you used to sing. Yeah. Number 16, the Airplane Song by the Royal Guardsman. That's one of the. Sno- oh, that the that's one of the Snoopy, Snoopy ones, songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first record I ever bought was Return of the Red Baron with Snoopy. So it wasn't this one. It was the one that came after it. They did a couple of songs about Snoopy. Yeah. And the Red Baron. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise it was that song. Yeah. I, yeah. Fair enough. It's one of them. Well, well mentioned. Yeah. Well uh, mentioned. Uh, so I reckon Cliff Richard, the day I met Marie, is a really good song. I had a really good little pop song. Um, 
Finally mentioned the Bee Gees there and there. I'll, I'll give you the top ten. The top ten from bottom yep. was Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys. All You Need Is Love and Baby You're a Rich Man by the Beatles at number nine. Number eight, San Francisco Nights and Good Times by Eric Burden and the Animals. Seven was To Love Somebody with the Bee Gees. Five was Good six. Job. Six was Up, Up and Away by The Fifth Dimension. Five was Cry Softly, Lonely One, Roy Orbison. Nearly made it into my dud pack. Um, number four, In the Chapel and the Moonlight by your mate Dean Martin. Yay, got you, Dino. Number three was the Monkeys EP I mentioned. Number two, San Francisco, Wear Flowers in Your Hair by Scott McKenzie. And uh, number one was Don't Sleep in the Subway by Petula Clark. Yeah. Well, good, good year for music. Good chart. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good chart. Uh, Tremolo's in there. Um, Stevie Wonder's got a song in there, that stupid Donovan song which nearly made it onto my bad list, There Is a Mountain. Do you remember that one? No. Sim- very simple lyrics, that one. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. Right, good drugs. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's the extent of it. I think he followed that right. up. I think he followed that one up with Goo Goo Barabajaggle. But anyway. Uh, anything you want to mention that we haven't mentioned in the in the chart listing there, Finey, that you think deserves to be yeah. mentioned? Now, I didn't realise where that song, um, I've got it here, I have loved a man. I think, I think that's the one. Morgana King, I have loved me a man. Yeah. And that, I thought that was like a Rita Franklin or somebody, but Morgana King actually wrote it. Yeah. Morgana King's, a, from memory, tall, um, tall, dear, blondish woman, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good effort that she wrote it. Not a bad song, but, you know, I mean, and, um, yeah. And, I, you know. Don't know many girls called Morgana. No, it's a, it is a most unusual name, I must admit. Uh, Engelbert, speaking of unusual, Engelbert Humperdinck was in there too with um, the last waltz. Yeah, the last waltz, awful song. Good song. Uh, yeah. Oh no, not a good I had the last waltz with you. Oh, here we go. Two lonely people together. Good job. You'll be doing the Engelbert Humperdinck Dean Martin tribute show any day now when we come out of lockdown. Yeah, I reckon I will. Yes. I'll do some morning melodies and sing some Dean Martin. That'd yeah. be good. Oh, it actually would be good. Uh, now, I want to get your You know, he sings a great song, a version of I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles, the West Ham song. Oh, it's a ripper. <laughs> Dina. Uh, yep. All right, I want to get your tips for this week's games. Uh, Finally, you got them all last week, did very well. Uh, Brian, you got two, obviously, and I got three. Um, This week's games, uh, Geelong and GWS, we don't know the Toby Green outcome. Uh, Brian, who do you you like in this one, Geelong or GWS being played in Perth? Well, I'm being a bit selfish here because I don't really want to see Geelong in the grand final. Um, I've seen them enough. Um, I think they probably will win. But I'm going to stick with my theory that the AFL is going to rig it so that GWS can get as far as they can. So I'm going to pick GWS. Okay. Mm, I'm going Geelong, uh, even with Patrick Dangerfield's broken hand. Get over it, Patrick. For goodness sake, Dale Morris played in the premiership with a broken back. Uh, Finey, who do you like in this one? I'll go for Geelong. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other game, of course, is uh, the Bulldogs and the Lions being played in Brisbane. Obviously, I'm hoping the Doggies uh, get through to the next part of the equation. Mr. Fine? Uh, I'm going to go for Brisbane. Okay. And uh, Mr. Mannix, I believe your name is? Uh, yeah, you can flip a coin on this one. Um, 
Uh, I'd like to see a Bulldogs Melbourne Grand Final. I think so. For that reason, I'll go for the doggies. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, gentlemen. That is uh, rock and roll for another week. We've uh, bid farewell to a few long-standing people like Charlie Watson, Ed Asner, and uh, and Kyle Anderson, and uh, we've uh, picked over the uh, the football world. We picked over the nineteen sixty-seven chart. Brian, you can have. Uh, I've no, got an idea for you, Brian. What is that? Here we go. I've got an idea for you. Oh, good. I get short of ideas. You can cut that sentence in half, and it wouldn't be wrong. No. Um, <laughs> Now, Arnold Dawson was going absolutely nowhere in his singing career. Ah, yes, I know. His name. The Engelbert Humperdinck. Correct. You reckon Arnold? I want to read Franges. Right. As Lamp Post Penis Builder. Lamp Post Penis Builder. That sounds all right. (laughs) I can work with that, you know. Um, I'm, I'm sure people that. Uh, you know, would like a lamppost penis builder song playing in their lounge room. Not penis builder, Venus builder. Venus? Yeah, you know, that sounds like the other word, but we can't have the, you know, lamppost penis builder. All right, Venus builder. All right, that's fine. I'll be doing that. I'll be getting my good fancy knuckles to back me up. Well, well, if you're going to do that, you can be penis builder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of the subtlety approach just got lost there in the middle of all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Sorry. Uh, all right, boys, that's uh, that's another week. Thank you very much. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Uh, Finally, you get choice of the chart this week. You can pick the month and the year. So oh, sh- shoot. You, gosh, oh, can, can I do it now? Yeah, if you want to. May 1982. May 1982. I'm just checking the list to see we haven't done May 1982. We've done December We've 82. No, we haven't done oh, May. Don't go. All right, don't done that. We'll go May 1984. May 84. Okay. We, haven't, we haven't done 84 ever, so we can uh, May 1984. That's the one for next week. Look it up in your fun, right. look it up in your Funk and Wagnalls, and we'll join you in a week's time or right. yeah. moments time, depending on when you're listening to this. Thank you, boys. Have a good week. Take care. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Lampost. Bye-bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.